Hey everybody, before we launch into this week's exciting episode, I have some exciting news. Uh, This Monday, July 27th at 9pm, James and I are doing a live video streamed episode of the show as part of the Sonar Network's series with Bad Dog TV. Bad Dog, uh, the Bad Dog Theater is a comedy theater here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. As usual, you can expect the same fun topics, segments, and special guests as as always. Uh, this week, I know for sure we have Jackie Pirico and Brandon Ash Muhammad joining, but who knows who else will show up? Maybe uh, the Chair Girl will show up. Maybe uh, Dick Van Dyke will will. Uh, phone in. Anyway, it's this uh, Monday, July 27th at 9pm, and you can check it out at youtube.com slash C slash Bad Dog Comedy TV. I'll put a link to the channel in the show notes. Thank you. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question: Can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James, and I do declare that I'm your other co-host, and I am Tenant Michael. And of course, I was just—that's uh, not my regular voice. It's not my regular accent. I was just sort of. Uh, being silly, it's summer, and I was pretending I was like a character in a uh, Tennessee Williams play or something like that. You know, a, a southern gentleman fanning himself, you know, and the perspiration's just rolling down my yeah, face. I, mean, I think we picked up on that. Um, you do a lot of character. I don't know if you realize this, but you do a lot of characters off the top like that. I would love for a big fan to maybe do a super cut <laughs> of all of Mike's little Little characters, and then we fucking mail it to SNL. Imagine what that would do for the podcast oh my God. if you went on SNL. That would that would make the podcast uh, a little bit better known than it is right now. But imagine, just imagine mm. Lorne sitting in his office there at Thirty Rockefeller uh, Center, and then uh, a new email arrives in his uh, his inbox, and it's an audio file, and he's he goes, "What what is this?" Uh, that's the way. He, like, yeah, that's like kind yeah. of the Doctor Evil voice. What is this? And then he opens it. and He listens to a supercut made by a fan of me doing different characters and different jokes. Oh, and that'd, stuff. Be that'd be so amazing. Good. And then you then imagine you're in the sketches. So if you did like a sketch with that wow. um, lawyer character you just did, I assume he was a lawyer, right? Right. Well, he's probably a lawyer. Okay. I guess he's like Gregory Peck well, in uh, To Kill know, a Mockingbird like or something like that. A classic Saturday yeah. Night Live style sketch where. It's like a normal trial, and one lawyer's normal, mm-hmm. but then your you your character is really really weird, you know. So then it'll be like a trial, and this yeah. guy will be on trial, and you'll be like, "I do declare this man did not murder that person." And then the guy on trial will be like, uh, "I'm here for a parking ticket." You know what I mean? Isn't that kind of a SNL style? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm op- my character's operating yes. in a totally different universe. So it's yes, way over the top. Going, huh? And um Yeah. And 
and the judge is like, why do you always put on that southern voice when mm. you uh, you know, make your speech? We went to law school together. You're from Hamilton. Yeah, but this but like, don't forget SNL is American, so he'd say, you know, you're you're, you're from Cincinnati. You're from something. Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, well, it was great. Fun fun little intro there. I'm just being silly. It's summer. We could all use a laugh, especially uh, during these stressful times. Mm. But um, yeah, here we are back, uh, back. Here we are back again for another pod episode. Oh, man. You're bringing it today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, here we are. What episode is this? 152? 156. What? Holy yeah. shit. Yes. Um, been a fun stretch of episodes. You know, Ennis, yes. how, how about Ennis last week? Big TV guy. It's here for fun. Ennis. Yeah. And then the the week before, we had Suze Kempner from uh, just outside London. And last week, she went viral. She had a uh, a tweet thread about Reply Guys that got a lot of attention. Mm. She got like written up in uh, the AV Club and several other different publications. So uh, congratulations, uh, Suze. That's yeah, that was a good one. And reply guys are when a woman makes a tweet and then there's like 500 men who'll either who will reply and either they'll kind of add to the joke or you see it all the time. If you go on Twitter and it's often like I would say the most I mean, I don't want to be an authority on this. I obviously don't know. But it seems from my observation is it's like you see a lot of 50 ish year old. 50, 55 year old married men who are just constantly jokey flirting with cute women on Twitter, but it's done in kind of a supportive way, but you know what they're doing. Am I wrong? You're Andy Richter types. Yes. Am I wrong on this? No, you're not wrong. Sometimes I think everybody's insane. Like you can't see that these guys are horny. Of course they are. They're not nice. (laughs) Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Um, I I guess it's like being a a fella on Twitter. It's a it's a different experience. But I I, I did have a negative reply guy uh, reply to a joke I uh, did recently. It was uh, like a week ago. You know, Disney World reopened, uh, even though Florida is in the midst of a huge spike in uh, you know positive coronavirus numbers. And uh, I tweeted a picture of uh, Mickey Mouse by a coffin, and the tweet said. <laughs> tweet said uh well you know disney world just reopened and we already lost goofy the idea that mickey is standing at uh, goofy's coffin and uh some people thought it was funny but Hmm. one guy uh responded and said these jokes are getting really tired really fast and then he linked to an article (laughs) from a like theme park trade magazine about how you shouldn't blame disney world for reopening in a pandemic you should blame the government response that led to the like economic crisis and it's painting disney is like it's a mom and pop shop you know they're just trying to make an honest dollar you know don't don't nail them to the cross for trying to you know put food on the table he was well he was defending disney and then i went to his profile this guy and he's like a middle-aged man not in the best shape (laughs) and his profile picture is of him flanked by like he's at disney world or disneyland flanked by two giant mascots of mickey and minnie and in his bio it says he's a theme park lover oh god those types of men no no thank you oh my goodness because you know i 
I love like the Blue Jays and the Raptors. Mm-hmm. I really I love sports, and I know I could be obnoxious, being defensive or arguing about those teams specifically. Like, and I know I could potentially get in an argument like that with a stranger about something to do with the teams. But at least that's, I mean, it's not like who cares that it's sports, but like weird to do that about, I guess, Disney world. Like the if you're magic that of childhood. In Disney world. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really wild. It's actually not funny to make fun of the magic of childhood. Um, <laughs> you're wrong to do it. And here's an article of why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Some people really have an issue with that. Some people like, don't get me wrong. I don't think uh, that making cartoons do sex things or something is cool. I think that's one of the lamest things on earth. But okay. some people get really bothered by like, you know, it's Daffy Duck smoking a doobie. You know, like some people get really upset by that. It's Popeye jerking off on on his, <laughs> his new boat right in yeah. front of Bluto. Yeah. Yeah, Bluto's watching him. And jerking off too. Has someone done like I know there are those like you know Family Guy or Simpsons porns or like Looney Tunes porn cartoons. Has someone is there like an animation like historian who's gone back and made like a a porn version of the like Steamboat Mickey like the very first <laughs> cartoon where he's you know doing uh, he's, he's doing more than whistling and driving a boat. Let's put it that. That's way. a great question. Well, there was something sort of sexual about the way Steamboat Willie was moving around. Oh, he Willie, had a bit right? Of a to and fro. Mickey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Did you say Mickey? I th- I think it was Steamboat Willie. I could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe it was Steamboat M- Mickey. I don't know. He was but, advertising his butt in the way he was kind of jiggling it around. I guess you could say. Mm. Well, I wonder if if if. Uh, you know, your sort of horny nerds of the 1930s were dreaming up sexual scenarios for Steamboat, whoever the hell it was. <laughs> I'm looking this up. Steamboat Willie, 1928. Yeah, so yeah. the kind of guys who get into hentai now might have been like, ooh, Steamboat Willie. Well, let's see that, Willie. Although it is Mickey Mouse in the in the cartoon, it looks like. Yeah, it was Mickey Mouse, but I guess he had yet been named officially. Anyway, yeah, imagine in the in the you know the nineteen twenties, like, hey, uh, if you're interested, a few guys I know we're getting together, and we have these dirty Felix <laughs> the Cat comics. If you're interested, yeah, we're uh, we bought flip books, and we're going to be drawing uh, Steamboat Willie going down on uh, someone. <laughs> And you flip it, and then it looks like animation. Steamboat Willie's going down on Eleanor Roosevelt, and it's the hottest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Seriously, don't tell anyone. Uh, this is a raid! Have you... Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, boy. You ever see, you ever see um, on the internet, sometimes it'll pop up, and it'll be like, lewd photos from the olden days. Mm-hmm. Those are sort of interesting. Yes. I saw... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really to go with that, but um, well, maybe we should talk about our week. I think that's a, a lovely idea. Yeah, how was your week? Uh, how was your week there, Mister Hartnett? Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, actually, it's been an interesting week business-wise for me. Um, I don't know if you saw on the news uh, today, but um, there's a a lab in Oxford that is making huge progress on their on their vaccine, their coronavirus vaccine. Oh. And uh, 
Oh yeah, they're making a lot of progress, and uh, you know they're getting all this publicity. If they get it going, they're gonna. There's you know billions of dollars at stake. Obviously, to produce this vaccine in the fall. They hope. There's also like treatments for coronavirus that are coming out, or you know they're in testing phases, and right. you know the stocks are soaring because uh, people think these are going to really help, and they're going to sell billions of them. And um, you know, Mike, I'm a business guy. People know that. You're people who listen to the podcast know you're the artsy fartsy. I don't care about money. Mm-hmm. I live in a hole, whatever guy. And I'm the business guy. I'm the guy who hires guys like we you. have a yin yang going on, and it's delicate balance, but it, it's beautiful. Yes. It truly is. Um, so I see this. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm sitting on your couch looking at my laptop and I'm and uh, you're cleaning up earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, there is money to be made here, Watson. And um, made a few phone calls. And I am proud to announce right here on the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess that I'm getting involved in the vaccine development game. And I'm thrilled to make this announcement here. You, we have the best listeners in the world, and I'm so excited for you guys to be able to get on board first. We're doing it, baby! Oh, well, I agree with what you said about uh, yeah. our listeners, but I will say I'm very surprised. I, I've never heard you express any interest in uh, f- pharmaceuticals or, you know, um, the hunt for the cure or anything like that. So this is news to me. Well, um... You might want to give your head a shake, no offense, because I've actually been involved in all sorts of drugs and pharmaceuticals for a long time now. And you might remember, Mike, I uh, had a very popular, very successful uh, cryptocurrency company called Peckercoin for a number of uh, months. Yes, I remember. Uh, That's right. It was a cryptocurrency used to buy and sell uh, erectile dysfunction medication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, through that, um, got in touch with, I have relationships with a lot of doctors (laughs) and- we have put our heads together and we're working on uh we're working on a vaccine well what's it and what's cool? i mean you're not no offense yeah. but you're not an oxford uh, researcher so what are you, what's your approach to a covid vaccine okay well they're the, i'm letting the doctors do their doctor thing <laughs> um and which is kind of cool they're actually they're approaching the, the vaccine kind of from a from a male sexual point of view <laughs> male sexual health point okay. of view whereas i'm I'm approaching it from the the marketing and all that. Um but it's pretty cool like the doctor who I've got working on the vaccine I'm I'm developing. Um he was actually the dude who created uh the Dick Jim. Uh Rem- remember the Dick Jim? You're going to have to spell that out for me. It was like a whole thing you could buy online. It was like the the Dick Jim and it basically would make you uh, I mean not to be crass but jizz farther. <laughs> It had its own little dumbbells and its little like whole little gym set up and you do these exercises okay. and it would be like the dick gym. Anyway, brilliant guy. Uh, so he's working on the vaccine. And um, my my angle on the vaccine that we're working on here is the marketing angle. OK, so I'm thinking, OK, they, they hope this this Oxford vaccine, maybe it works 50, 60 percent of the time, whatever. You know, China's got its vaccines coming later, USA. Um, so I don't think we're going to be able to compete with the, with those countries in terms of how often the vaccine works, but we can make it very Canadian, right? And Canadians love anything that's like, it's the real Canadian this, Yeah, we've got a real sense of pride in our, you know, in our national character, I guess you could say. Exactly. So, um, we're making a Canadian style vaccine and it's going to be marketed like two Canadians by Canadians and it's Canadian AF. Well, uh, like give you an um, example of, of how it's, uh, 
you know, it wears its Canadian pride on its sleeve, this vaccine. Well, our first idea is, um, now this is very fun. This was my idea. So we're seeing if the doctors can do it. But we put half the vaccine in uh, basically a Timbit, okay. a little donut, and half the vaccine in a double-double. And it only works if you take the Timbit and you dip it in the double-double and you Smart. eat it. And then you don't get COVID. Okay. And I've already got a, a hashtag for it. We're going to call it hashtag dip or die. Okay. And uh, I just think I just think it could be big here in Canada if you can give it a Canadian twist. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is fun. That is yeah. a, that It adds a little bit mm. of uh, a frisson of fun and games to yeah. the whole... You know, the notion of uh, curing a disease. Um, but <clears throat> Yeah, and, and here's an exciting thing, too. When we get this vaccine going, and we're in the early stages, but it won't just uh, cure coronavirus a certain percentage of the time. It's also going to permanently cure male impotence, or at least for a period okay. of time. Okay. So that's what's going to be exciting about this one, too, because I'm working with male sexual health doctors. It's going to be able to do both things. Uh, which I think is going to be very cure, uh, very cool. I should have known. But what a Freudian! Slip. I should have known that you were going to yeah. s- sneak in something about you know boner, boner illness, or you know, into this vaccine. Well, that's my background, you know, so it makes sense. But uh, yeah, and we're working on some some fun hashtags, you know. Um, like I said, hashtag dip or die. Um, I, I thought a, a cool hashtag for it could be good. Uh, hashtag make COVID my bitch. Okay. Right. Well, there's F cancer. Oh, I, so I I guess there is. So fair enough. I, I'm sorry that I judged you. And, um, I, you know, I thought we could also like maybe maybe name it something to appeal to the hipster Queen West yeah. types. Uh, and I thought of a name for the vaccine. What do you think of this? Nomokoro. I don't follow. Nomokoro. Corona. No more oh, Corona. I see. No more. So it's kind of like Nomokoro. Now I see. Yeah, like people people will be tweeting, I just took my nomokoro, hashtag dip or die, hashtag make code Hard as a bench. rock. <laughs> and yeah. I have an erection. And I didn't yesterday. Right. So, look, these are all the things we're working on. I'm just having meetings about this. But there's literally billions at stake here. And the government's just giving away money to these companies who say they're making fucking vaccines. We don't know if mm-hmm. they are. So... We'll see. Well, I say this with a little bit of uh, caution, but good luck. <laughs> I hope you, you know, I hope you do find a cure for coronavirus and uh, to a lesser degree impotence. But, um, you know, good good luck and God bless you for trying. Imagine the dynamic shift on this podcast if the person responsible for saving your life and everyone you love is me. I mean, I don't even want to contemplate that. With the Nomoko Nomokoro. It, oh boy! I hope it happens. I really do. Oh boy! How uh, how is your week, Michael? How, is, oh, how have you been? Oh, it was really tragic. Actually, thank you for asking. It was very bad. Um, very bad. Very sad and bad. Sad, bad, and it makes me oh, mad. <laughs> I feel like I'm now. I'm. A, <laughs> I feel like I'm a. I'm a rapper. Um. So what happened is, uh, in a nutshell. Over the past few weeks, some friends of mine from the male choir I'm a part of, um, we've been doing a thing because it's so hot lately. It's hard to stay cool during these dog days of summer. Um, we've been doing uh, something called Sprinkler Crawl 2020, where we we sort of travel oh, yeah. around uh, different 
residential neighborhoods in the city, and we just um, we don't announce we're coming. There's no warning. You could just be sitting on your lawn with your sprinkler, and suddenly you see four four uh, crazy guys show up in their swimming trunks, and they start leaping through your sprinkler and laughing and singing and clapping. And you know, most people have enjoyed seeing us, um, uh, you know, playing in the in the water. But um, a couple weeks ago, mm. a friend of mine, uh, he's a big guy, one of my bigger friends who's in the choir. He uh, he was wet, and he sort of wiped out on a patch of grass, and he crushed a child. And he crushed the child right on the head, and the child did. His personality was never the same. Like, he looks he looks fine on the surface, this kid. You'd never know anything was wrong with him. But he is... Um, mm. There's something off with him now because of the spot where he injured his head. Probably his brain. Anyway, that cast mm. a dark cloud over uh, Sprinkler Crawl 2020. And I vowed that we would we would do it one more time, and no one would be injured, and we would sort of redeem... Um, the idea of Sprinkler Crawl 2020 because it had been sort of uh, kind of tarnished. Because you think it's, it's such a great idea that it deserves it. A- it's free, hmm. keeps you cool, gets you out of the house. Uh, it's good for the the old ticker because it gets you running around. It's like it's basically cardio. Um, plus, it brought joy to a lot of the the people who had the sprinklers on their front lawns. Anyway, uh, so we we did uh, Sprinkler Crawl 2020. You know, uh, 2.0, like a re uh, a reboot, and um, it was going mm-hmm. well. Everything, you know, we had the full, we had wind in our sails. We were having a great time. Everyone was laughing and, like I said, clapping and stamping their feet when they saw us show up. And we were getting wet and we were doing dives and stuff. And um, about I don't know four hours into it, we uh, went to this house at the top of a hill. It's a great big hill with luscious grass, and there was a sprinkler going back and forth, and we were playing, and we jumped through the sprinkler, and my friend, who's um, the bigger guy, uh, who unfortunately had crushed that child previously, he uh, he jumped through the sprinkler, mm. and unfortunately, he wiped out again, you know, real butterfingers, real klutz, and he started rolling down this tremendous hill, this oh, big hill, no. and he couldn't stop himself, and then I, I looked down, and... In horror, I saw there were four little kids at the bottom of the hill, and they were oblivious. They had no idea what was happening. And, of course, my friend, he's very big. He had no way to stop his body, and he was wet uh, to boot, so he was just slipping and sliding. Uh, slip, slide, in a way. Reminds mm. me of the Paul Paul. Oh, I love that song. Anyway, it was as way. if he was a bowling ball, yes. but a human bowling ball, and he was headed straight towards these pins that were human pins, a.k.a. Uh, children, and he just, like, just totally destroyed these kids and um it was awful the kids were very injured i just i just want to if i can just inter- interject you know what's another simon what? and garfunkel song i love kodachrome kodachrome mama don't take my kodachrome yeah, away do, uh... yeah yeah Oh, Imagine yes. being Paul Simon's mom and trying song. to snatch anyway, that camera out of his hand. And he's going, Mama, don't take uh, that Kodachrome yeah. away. No, Mama. Yeah, don't take my Kodachrome away, Mama. Um, anyway, yeah. sorry for the tangent there. Uh, so so that that sucks. So He, 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 he just he rammed into these kids, kids, and they went flying everywhere, yeah. terribly injured, trips to the hospital. No. And my friend um, was also kind of injured. And uh, the police showed up someone called the cops because you know when the guy oh my god you know, injures what just because he well, ran yeah, over four kids 
With yeah, his big so body? someone called the cops. You know, the fire department and the ambulance oh, came, but the cops came. And uh, now my friend is a little bit lippy. And when the cops started asking, like, mm. what the like, what the hell are you guys doing? Wondering, like, do you live here? And we we're like, no, we're doing a thing where we're, you know, going around the city, jumping through sprinklers. And the cop did not seem to enjoy that idea. And he was like, you guys are weird. And my friend who was on the ground. The big guy, he was like, oh, what the fuck do you know? You're just a... He said, he quote, oh, what the fuck wow. do you know? You're just a fucking cop. And the cop said, excuse oh my me? And my friend said, yeah, I said what I mean. What uh, Cops are just failed bouncers, my friend said. And the cop did not take kindly to that. And Ooh. he pulled out his taser and he tased my friend. Well, my friend was still wet. And the combination of uh. electricity and water... Uh, I don't know if you're a scientist or not, uh, but uh, it doesn't. It's not healthy, and my friend was actually electrocuted, and he passed away. Jeez. Yeah. Whoa. So I mean, Sprinkler Crawl 2020 has claimed many lives at this point. Um, at least one fatality, my friend. So far, one boy whose brain was irreparably damaged and these four kids were still waiting to hear you know what's what yeah it almost feels to me like this idea where you know a group of men in their 30s and 40s who aren't married and maybe have a lot of free time sort of giddily ran through neighborhoods dancing through sprinklers um maybe wasn't worth it Mm, i'm i strongly disagree but i don't really want to get into Mm. it okay um okay the vibe like when i think of sprinkler crawl 2020 and the vibe there it almost makes it 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 very much makes me think of like theater or improv people does that make sense have you ever been in a bar and you're like why are these people um sort of childlike in their emotions and very excitable and um, a bit embarrassing and then you go oh right they're they're like in an improv or theater troupe yeah and that community anyway is uh is something else i'll tell you that right now mm. well shit i'm sorry about your friend damn thanks yeah, he passed away close, and or? he's already been buried and then we had mm. the funeral and i'm just trying to move on but oh yeah that's best just don't like the best thing to do in that situation is just don't even think about it don't think about your feelings yeah, and move I'm on not to think about and it. lock him away and um mm-hmm. throw away the key the best like Lock them away, throw away the key, and then the, they don't come back to bite you at yeah. all. Sounds good. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your buddy. Thank you, thank you. Um, were you were you close? Yeah, he was probably aside from you, probably my best friend who I've known the longest in my life. We God. first met in kindergarten, and we would spend basically when I wasn't podcasting with you, we'd always be together. <laughs> I'm sure I've brought him up before. Jeez. You know what? I probably wasn't listening. I'm not. I'm not a great listener when it comes to people that aren't on my radar of who I'm sort of right. Um, right, you know, who priorities to me? Yeah. So no offense on that, but I may not have been listening to uh, that. Uh, it's fine. That stuff. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear about this guy. Thank and you, sir. If he was big, maybe he wasn't. Maybe a heart problem was around the corner. I don't know. Well, that's a, that's a nice silver, silver lining here. on this. You know, once again, this once uh, this tragic situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of Sprinkler uh, Sprinkler uh, Crawl 2020. I guess. And forever, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you should do that no. again. Just being honest. No good. Well, um, 
We should mention before we move on to our take on the news <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that we have a Patreon. Account. We do. And if thank you for listening to the pod period and downloading it. And please, if you get a chance, rate us and review us or tell your friends. We'd be honored if you get a chance to do that. And uh, if you feel like it, we do bonus episodes that you can get if you subscribe to our Patreon For just $5 a month, you get access to all of our bonus material, and we've got a bunch of new stuff on the way. Uh, don't miss out. It makes the free version of the show look like... Look like look, shit. Yeah, looks like shit covered in piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you like this version, oh my God. Yeah. You're going to be blown away. Yeah. Um, and where's the address for the old Patreon? Send a letter to patreon.com slash landlord tenant thank you very much and thanks to everyone who already does uh subscribe to that so um we've been doing a little thing here in the intro the last uh, couple episodes Mm -hmm. where we talk about some things going on in the world because mike i don't know if people know this you are a news freak you've heard of you're a news news junkie yeah you've heard of people feeling like a freak on a leash well, I feel like a freak yeah, um, reading the newspaper. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of news junkie, you're literally like you'd be the type of guy to be under a freeway, you know, just begging for news. Just, you know, you got a gun and you, and you need I'll do news anything and you'll, for you'll some kill news. somebody to get news if you have to. You'll you'll do things to people. You need news. You'll blow a gun. Yeah, <laughs> you just need news. I just need news. And, you know. It's funny because uh, I, I, more than a few few people have stopped me on the streets and say, we really like how the podcast has become marified. And what they mean is that we <laughs> we have added a little sort of uh, Bill Maher. They're not Johnny Maher. What's that? Not oh, Johnny not Johnny Maher, no. From the Smiths, no. I wish. Imagine that. One of us is playing beautiful guitar. I'm talking about Bill Maher because he's known for having, you know, just a... Uh, incisive and um hilarious take on the news oh absolutely he is uh he also you know you look at him and you just think this guy looks like a decent dependable yeah. guy i trust this is a trustworthy guy i would be fine letting him take my 20 year old daughter out <laughs> on a date uh i'd buy a car from him i'd do anything for him i think it's a slicked back white hair yeah uh that does it that just makes you think oh yeah this is a this is like you know, Viggo Mortensen in uh, 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 History of Violence. Like, you just trust this yeah, guy. Yeah, I trust him completely. And uh, anyway, that's what we're trying mm. to do with the show, trying to talk about a few real, um, uh, just really big stories from the week. And um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, James, because I know you're a bit of a sports guy, um, oh, is yes. your 2020 Toronto Blue Jays. Because uh, last week... Was it the, the the Canadian government decided that the Jays can't play in uh, the states, or what? What is the actual? What, what is what's the news there? Well, um, the base baseballs like in hockey. There's a hub, you know, so all the teams are playing in the same place and they're not yes. traveling. And uh, in basketball, there's a hub where all the teams are playing in the same place and they're not traveling. But in baseball, it's a pretty, uh, you know. Sk- you could argue sketchy plan where the teams are just going to fly around and <laughs> just like normal. So the Canadian government said, no, we don't want American 
teams flying up here. Uh, the Blue Jays going to the States to play a few games and flying back. And they're we don't want a bunch of guys with big so butts no- and million-dollar mm. salaries spreading <laughs> uh, coronavirus around Canada. Yeah. And maybe STDs, too. We don't know. But it's probably more about right. coronavirus. Um, yeah, so the Jays are going to have to play uh, this season somewhere in the States, and they're figuring it out. Wow. Do they bring... Yeah, it's will a, they bring the mascot with them? Ace, will he go? Is that's a great question. I'm hoping Ace doesn't make it through this <laughs> pandemic. If I'm being honest, I feel bad for saying that he sucks. I don't know if anyone. I mean, I envy like you know, like Philly Phillies fans. I got the Philly fanatic yeah. and everything. Ace sucks. Ace and Ace Diamond. So he's like he's too serious. We used to have. It was BJ Birdie who was the mascot before Ace, right? He was better. Like a, was a mascot better. shouldn't look like slick and tough. A mascot should look ridiculous as if it was like dreamed up by a madman uh like yes. I don't know, some sort of fucked up muppet. Or like Gritty, the yes. Flyers guy. You know that fr- he's a freak and it's great. Ace is like he's got like shorts that are sort of um look torn at the bottom and like a backwards yeah. hat and he's sort of like cool and breaks like he went to uh queen's Do university mostly. for uh like commerce or something yes <laughs> yes he went to queen's for commerce <laughs> and yeah yes and he can like he, you know he's he's confident he's cool he's lots yeah. of friends he's got a hot girlfriend diamond i guess uh yeah he sucks so I kind of hope Ace does. I kind of hope Ace does travel with the team, honestly, and not to be mean, but maybe right. doesn't come back. And then let's get a freak mascot. Let's get a wacky Some one. Sort of hair puff that has you know funny eyes and like mm. um, like a crazy mouth. I don't know. I was trying to think of something. Yeah, that mascot shouldn't let's be hair you know serious and stoic and and like cool. I don't like it. No, no. No, what would be shouldn't. a good like um emblem of Toronto right now like to have as a mascot like maybe uh mm. oh boy um like a oh we talked about this before like a chair like the chair girl and it's like oh it's like a, yeah a girl oh who comes out yeah. and throws a throws a chair at the audience you we get her at the roof of yeah. the sky dome like on the roof she chucks and a she's chair got googly on the field. eyes <laughs> Yeah, she's got big googly eyes. A Russian eyes accent. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, it's good. Another. Or a big burrito. Yeah. Would that be the Would that be the main Toronto food? Burritos. Burritos. How about a big yeah. burrito? A big burrito. And uh, what's another big like Toronto food? People love burritos and tacos. Just or just like a brunch, like um a brunch setting. <laughs> a big brunch comes out. The frat. How about Freddy the Fried yep. Egg? Please welcome. No, I don't know. And if the ball hits him, the <laughs> yolk seeps out. I'm going to ask Mike, how do you like your eggs? I can't believe we've never so, talked about Oh, this. we haven't. Uh, I have some, okay. And it's pretty fucked so up. Here's, that we I realized recently, I without even setting it as a um, schedule, like formally, I had just fallen into a pattern of... During the weekdays, from Monday to Friday, I will have two hard-boiled eggs mm. for breakfast. But on the weekends, mm. I'll have an omelet, um, 
with you know lots of vegetables <laughs> and cheese and like seasoning and spices and like a bigger breakfast with like toast and whatever sometimes baked beans uh but during the weekdays it's very utilitarian i don't just want two hard-boiled mm. eggs with like pepper and maybe some hot sauce mm. i don't want to worry you mike but i think amongst our female listeners you just you just became hot well that's because they're gonna hear i don't and i don't mean to but they're gonna hear this guy has two hard-boiled eggs every day <laughs> Shit! I never, I never saw Mike this hot before, but now all of a sudden I'm kind of. <laughs> I have hot. to turn this podcast off. I'm in public, <laughs> um, yeah. and I boil them for eight minutes. My hard-boiled eggs, and it's funny because I just this mm-hmm. past week was talking to my mom, and we were talking about different uh, things we'd been cooking recently, and she told me that uh, she boils her eggs because she doesn't like eggs, but she forces herself to eat them. I don't know why. So she boils them for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is insane. No offense to your mom. It would be like... But that's bananas. Like It would be like um, like a stress ball. Each egg would be like a stress ball by the yes. time you take it out. It would be gray, first of all, too. Like, I think it's pretty standard. If you want a soft-boiled eggs, six yep. minutes. If you want a hard-boiled, it's nine. So you clearly like your hard-boiled a little soft. A little soft. on the soft side, yes. Yeah. 30 minutes? 30 minutes! <laughs> we gotta get your mom on the pod just to ask her about the eggs. Because it's always... She's like, well, because when I was a kid, your grandmother... Um, or my grandmother, who was from Ireland, she was such a terrible cook, and everything she served was runny and mushy, and uh, so my mom likes to have eggs like very well done, like rubbery. Um Oh, man. She talked about her grandmother like, yeah, she would boil everything down until it was just like a goo. So they'd just have goo supper every night. Traditional Irish goo supper. (laughs) Traditional Irish goo. (laughs) Feast on it. Goo of the Irish. Yeah, I love the goo of the Irish. (laughs) If, uh, If we ever get a Twitch going... We gotta do a video of your mom cooking and eating an egg. Yeah, I'll make a recipe video of like, all you need is a pot, boiling water, uh, timer (laughs) set to 30 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's great. Um, Great nugget. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about another sporting event. Listen to me, I sound like, um, uh, who's a famous sportscaster? I sound like him. Bob Bob McCowan. Or Mike Francesa. Uh, uh, hockey player, retired hockey player Jeremy Roenick was in the news because he he was let go from NBC Sports uh, for some comments he made on a podcast, and he's claiming he was fired uh, due to anti-straight uh, discrimination <laughs> because on a yeah. podcast, some barstool sports podcast, he uh, like was like making... Uh, weird sexual comments about the the co like the hosts of the show good for that's yeah yeah yeah. so 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 he made weird sexual comments and then got fired and now he's saying it's anti-straight bias yes anti-straight discrimination and uh also he's a trump guy and he says that 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 factors into it as well but he um on this podcast apparently he like said that he like i would love to there was like a male and a female host on the show and he said that he would like to have sex with both of them um wow 
and so he was fired, I guess, related to that. But it's it's I, I'm I'm glad Jeremy Roenick is standing up for the seldom heard voice of the uh, straight NHL hockey player or sportscaster. You know, you're right. Like I, I growing up in a small town in Canada, I have to say it's about time these sort of beefy white straight mm-hmm. hockey players had a voice. Yeah. Like, like, you know, growing up in Orangeville, Ontario, you know, if if you were a young, like, hotshot hockey player, I mean, I can't imagine what it would have been like in small town Canada. Yeah. Hell! Absolutely. I mean, if he can, if his struggle yeah. can inspire even one little straight white boy to, uh, to get interested in hockey and pursuing a career in hockey, uh, I think it's all worth it, you know? I, and hockey needs more straight white kids. What's that thing where people clap on There's Twitter? It's just not enough. Higher, clap, more, clap, straight, clap, hockey, <laughs> clap, players. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. you tune into NHL games often and you think, am I on the right channel? Am I, uh, am I mm. watching... Uh, is this am I a- watching Out TV right now? <laughs> is this Al Pacino in Cruising? Right now, or is this a hockey game? <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's, ah, you know, it's it's frustrating. You know, it's just they're they're totally overshadowed and overlooked. It's sad. It's sad. It's very you know? sad. It'd be tough because yeah, like yeah, you're just not getting like you, you don't hear any stories about hockey players being super straight and that being fine. No. Um. God. So um, if Jeremy Roenick, well, I, I don't know yeah, if he's listening, you know, keep up the good fight, <laughs> keep fighting. <laughs> and uh, if we all work together, yeah. we can take NBC Sports down and uh, maybe this yes. some new legislation could be passed that there's more straight guys in sports yes. and sports entertainment. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Hockey, hockey. Uh, yeah. Hockey really needs change. Yeah. And I'm talking about in that direction. Absolutely. Well, I think we've we've done a nice. Um, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Yeah, we've done a nice long chunk. Yeah, here. we. I wonder if you're going to edit any of this. Are out. you happy with our chunk? I think it's a good chunk. She's beautiful. I feel good about it. Oh wow, yeah, seven thirty. Compliments to the chunk. <laughs> um. Well, uh, why don't we take a break then and come back with our guest? Great. And welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got a really fun guest for you because he's from a different part of the world this time than usual. <laughs> Usually our guests are from the greater Toronto area, uh, but this time we're breaking all the rules because our guest is from the heart of Manitoba, uh, from Winnipeg itself. He is a sketch comedian. He is a podcaster, an actor and a writer. Please welcome Mr. Tim Gray. Hello, welcome to me. Um, super happy to be here, you guys. I, I, you know, I hope you don't mind if I'm having a beer on the pod. I don't know if that's cool or not. If you promote alcohol on here, I know it's liquor. Not different. At all. Oh, I do. I encourage. I always say to the guests, please have a drink or you know, hard drugs, whatever. Yeah, you're um, okay with. I, you know, loosens. I've you got up. some Red Bull and Jägermeister here. Nice. 
Nice. This is yeah. so funny because it's three three Canucks, you know. Each of us is drinking a cold, frosty beer, just as you'd, you know, we're really living up to the stereotype, you know, three hosers. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. I like how you said, Tim, I like how you said, welcome to me. Mm. I, I think that's a cool expression I've never heard anyone say before. Welcome to me. Yeah, I'm trying to take more time in my life right now to welcome myself into rooms and situations, <laughs> you know. I think, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, white men, I don't think we welcome ourselves into situations as much as we should, probably. So true. I can see it being kind of a sexy thing to say. Yeah. Like, if you were sort of, you know, in bed and, you know, you know, you're kissing and then you go, welcome to me. <laughs> and then you have sex. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All the time. Kind of cool. Yeah. I sex a lot, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm so glad I brought that up. <laughs> and then at the end, would you Can say... Can I ask how often? <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I... Oh, what I was, was your say, joke there, Mike? I was gonna... <laughs> the, the moment is, has come and gone, but I was going to say at the no, end no, no. of the sexual... <laughs> oh, at the end of the sexual experience, would you say, thank you for visiting me? <laughs> <laughs> like he's a robot? Yeah, Maybe. and then I have like a little... Gift, I have like some gift bags on the bedside table. <laughs> I say, please visit the gift shop on your way out. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you'd be like uh, one of the robots in AI. <laughs> yeah, one of the yeah, the uh, unedited version of AI. Uh, Tim, you're you're in a sketch troupe, Tim, called Hunks. I've seen you perform before. Very funny. You have a Hunks podcast. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because I, I have a few comedy friends yes. in Winnipeg, I noticed that unlike in Toronto and other major cities, the Winnipeg Ooh. live comedy scene Ooh. is back open for business, it seems. What's going on there? Yeah. Oh, well, we, Winnipeg has been really fortunate in this situation because we are an isolated community to begin with. Like, it's like seven and a half Hours to the next major city, either way, you know, if you go to Thunder Bay towards Ontario or you go to Regina, head towards the West Coast. So we don't get a lot of like through traffic and no one's coming through Winnipeg to go north to Churchill <laughs> or anything like that. So mm. we don't have a lot of travel coming in out of Winnipeg. And I think we played it pretty safe to begin with. And we've had very low counts. And, uh, yeah, so we started off with some comedy shows in uh, the beginning of June. We were doing some oh, comedy wow. shows. And, yeah. Because here, yeah. Just, and, uh, they just next sort week. of started doing, like, park shows or shows in the middle of drive-in movie theaters. And they just seem, seem nightmarish. They just seem awful. <laughs> Are you at all anxious or afraid to be in a... In a yes enclosed space with an uh, audience like are they is it a reduced capacity or is it just back to back to the usual yes reduced capacity with lots of spacing because it's still it's still scary it's still nervous although at this point we've done a number of shows so it feel like we're getting used to it again and the audience is getting used to it again we are getting uh because winnipeg's numbers are so low there's been some stories of some bar owners who check ID at people as people come in and they're coming from Quebec, they're coming from the States, they're coming from Ooh. wherever and they're just visiting Winnipeg because they're bored and they're not 
quarantining so right. you know it could it could just easily pop off again um you know but uh <laughs> yeah we're trying to do some social distancing so we got the table spaced out we got smaller capacity <laughs> but yeah yeah people are starting to get a little comfortable but then the being comfortable is also makes me yeah. uncomfortable because i'm like we should be on edge a little bit you know yeah i got punched in the fa- in the face at a the comedy show last friday what yeah really yeah what happened well there was um we were uh the the show was going just fine there was somebody who was in the audience <laughs> who were by themselves they <laughs> sorry they were they were heckling us a whole bunch towards the end towards the end of the show and uh but heckling in a way that we couldn't hear what the hell they were saying um and, and every time we did respond oh. to the heckle to try to like what do you mean he was like <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like uh, at one point he oh. said that i looked like albert einstein and that was the only time i could understand what he was saying otherwise it was like right and then after you don't look like Albert. thank einstein, you father of the atomic bomb um, you should be lucky to not sh- look like him <laughs> He's a monster, responsible for so many deaths <laughs> and college posters. But um, yeah, after the show, and I, I got stung by a wasp that very same day, so I was not having a good day. Um, I don't mm. know if you gentlemen have ever been stung by a wasp before, but it hurts like hell. Not me. Um, anyways, I was already in a bad mood. After the show, I confronted the gentleman. I said, you, like, what the hell are you doing? That was, you know, I don't know what you were thinking. That was really disrespectful. And he said, well, if you, I was actually helping you guys. You need to be able to deal with hecklers. That's how comedy works. Mm. And uh, I explained that's not how it works. And he said, well, what if you were in New York? And I said, well, it'd be the same (laughs) be the exact same situation man like <laughs> i don't know probably wouldn't be doing a live comedy but uh yeah and i said you know i couldn't hear what you were saying so all you were doing were interrupting and making the show uncomfortable for the people sitting around you who paid to see a comedy show yada 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 uh he kind of looked like somebody who enjoys pills recreationally um, okay Oh, and God. has had a very successful couple of years at the gym, maybe, you know? He's got those type of... Oh, so he was like... He was pretty ripped. ripped. Oh, he had like no. those neck muscles that you <laughs> only get, I think, if you do like a specific <laughs> thing. Oh. Yeah. And, and then so... So this, so it's scary a bit. Scary a bit, yeah. He was for sure stronger than me, and I, but I was just... I wasn't in a mood to suffer fools or whatever. So then he goes to pay for his drinks and he tries to pay with change, but he doesn't have enough change. And it's not even a big bar tab, um, which makes me think about the pill <laughs> fanatic thing. And uh, yeah, and then uh, he uh, is confused about the change on the table because he paid with uh, like a $20 bill and then he got change for the money and then he thought that the change that he had taken out of his pocket and put on the bar was given to him by the bartender and he's like why would you give me this much change (laughs) and then i try to explain that it was his change all along and then he calls the bartender a bitch and i 
She's oh. the best bartender. Her name's Danielle. I love her. She's been with uh, Comedy We Johnny's from pretty much the get-go, and she's just like one of the best bartenders out there. And I got so mad. I told, like, I scooped the change off the counter. I put him in his pocket. I told him, uh, you can't talk to people like that. And, uh, you know, especially Danielle. And you got to get the fuck out of here. And he put the change into his pocket. Ooh. And then I saw him, like, sort of look down, think. And then he swung at me and he hit Ooh. me in the face, like, uh, sort of on the left side of my ah. face and busted my lip on my tooth. But, like, not, not crazy bad. But, uh, yeah, knocked me back into the chalkboard. Uh, this guy who's been helping out with Door, his name is Dave LaPere, and he's like an open mic comic. And now we have to have two people on the door, one person take the money, one person seats them, make sure we don't go over capacity, people don't just wander around in the bar. So anyways, this big Dave guy puts him in a chokehold and then falls back and is on the ground with him. And then I kicked him because I'm a coward. But uh, uh, then <laughs> I literally kicked him at when he was Where down. Where did you kick him in his body? I kicked body? him in his upper thigh. Like a Charlie Horse, okay. Charlie Horse situation. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, Charlie Horse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then everything paused for a second, and nobody really knew what to do. This all of a sudden outburst of violence—it was just kind of immediately subdued. And then the guy Dave, who was on the ground holding him, looked up at us like not making a decision of what to do, and he just said very calmly, "I don't feel safe." <laughs> holding this guy so i just wow yeah. i asked the guy if you if we let him go are you gonna leave so i said you know you don't have any friends here and you're gonna be in a lot of trouble and and he's like yeah, okay okay and so we let him go and and he left and then Jesus. yeah that's how did you have a black eye that or sucks. anything or? no because he hit me just here like uh, just below the eye sort of the oh, cheekbone the cheek. mouth area and uh yeah, I don't want this to be a too personal question, but have you have you been punched before? Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, rural Manitoba. Mm. I don't know if rural <laughs> Ontario is the same as rural Manitoba, but uh, big uh, big scrap Probably. town, big uh, lots of gotcha. fights. Because you, I've met you, mm. I've seen you in person, and you're pretty big, like a pretty tall. I think you're an imposing guy. Am I right in I that? I try to be. <laughs> I feel like I was drunk when I when I talked to you. But you're like, how tall are you? You're very physical. You're always like you're. A, you're one of those guys who's always like, "Hey, how you doing?" You like, sort of headbutt people, and you're like, "Yeah, you headbutt in the arm." Me. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a Manitoba hello, but big punch in the gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a kick in the nuts. Yeah. You're. Are you like six two or six three? I'm six six one, but I, but I wear those six Skechers one. shoes, those big platform. <laughs> Skechers. Oh yeah, that must. Fit. <laughs> Now, Tim, Damn. I want to accuse you of, of a crime. I want to accuse you of stealing valor, <laughs> stealing coward, stealing coward val valor, because you said you were a coward and you, you just kicked this guy. But if you were a true coward, you would not have even confronted this <laughs> heckler after the show like yes. me. You would have just sat with it and never acknowledged it and never talked to the guy, because uh, that's what a true coward does. <laughs> That, You're right. That is wild. Stolen coward. Were you nervous valor. when you confronted him? No, I was too upset. Uh, I didn't think anyone okay. could hurt me more oh, than that man. wasp did earlier today, or earlier that day. Yeah. Wow. That's right, because you were wasp pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was drunk on wasp piss. 
<laughs> but no, uh, I mean, I, I was wow. never like, I was definitely never a fighter. I was definitely never somebody who like looked for uh, scraps or whatnot, but I would uh, end up in the middle of them from time to time. I hung out with this farmer named Al and he was uh, a really, really tough guy. <laughs> and because he was a tough guy, people wanted to fight him a lot. They would just like ambush him. Wow. And he never lost a fight. Like one time we were at oh. in like the, our small town bar and I think we were 18 or 19 at the time and two people bottled him and like what? broke a broke a beer bottle over his head at the same time and they tried to fight him and and he beat up three dudes after being bottled twice uh wow oh this is farmer God. al so did they just farmer al yeah yeah i think he got into mma <laughs> sounds so different than weird al <laughs> yeah <laughs> So they just smashed a bottle on his head because he's a big guy. Because he's a big guy. So they were trying to get an advantage on him. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's Canada's tall poppy syndrome, right? <laughs> uh, my brother is a really big guy with big muscles and like tattoos. And I've been with him and people. It's it's it is a thing. I think if you're a big, tough looking guy, people I've seen Challenge people like you. go up like. Yeah, yeah, they like want to fight him. It's mm-hmm. really weird. It's almost like a weird like thing where if you're both hot, maybe you flirt. It's like if you're both big tough guys, you have this weird connection. <laughs> to fight. Yeah, because like what it is, James, as somebody who's you know has a lot of money and obviously I could tell you yeah. work out a lot and you tan a lot and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you find like because you're super tan? Do you find like pale people? want to talk to you about sunscreen people always want to take me down a peg you know people always sort of see me and you know they think he's got it all he's hot he's loaded uh i want to take him down a peg and then i always have to bust out the crack the knuckles and then (laughs) yeah yeah. luckily i'm big into mma (laughs) jujitsu yeah ground and pound yeah ground and pound him that's what i do so thank god for that but no it's tough like i was talking about my brother i mean he they don't he's like an, enormous that's why mm. you know compared to me <laughs> oh he must be but, you know, huge yeah, i get it too jeez oh yeah he's like uh i don't know did you ever play uh, mike tyson punch out <laughs> yes king hippo oh my god whoa or, or in double dragon those big guys those really wide guys right yeah the double wides yeah. Holy oh yeah. And Michael, you have sunburns. Do you do you get people who are sideburns? Sorry. I've got do you both. Get people who don't have But <laughs> <laughs> I sunburn to go with your sideburn. Yeah. yeah, when you yeah. Can, when a guy walks by you, Mike, do other sideburn guys see you and be like, You're in fucking trouble, buddy. You think you can join our gang? Well, I will say that when I've gone with my brother Terrence to uh, to the suburbs, and Terrence has much nicer sideburns. They're like very thick, and he sculpts them. Um, mm. When we go to the suburbs, if we go to like a Tim Hortons, Are they mutton chops. Uh, they're almost mm. mutton chops, I guess. If we go to like a mm. coffee shop or like a mall, uh, people regard him as if an alien has landed and visited <laughs> their town. They're like, what the hell? <laughs> they can't, they can't believe a man has grown oh naturally has grown hair on part of his body that they have decided as a, as a community not to, to grow. <laughs> it is insane. Do like families gather Terrence? around and take pictures with his sideburns? <laughs> Son, when you grow up, you must not be like that. 
And then the son unearths like an old people magazine and sees Luke Perry and Jason Priestley and is like, but but they used to do this. And the father's like, give me that. You must never look at that. Uh, yeah, Terrence is a cool look. I, uh, Terrence is a bit of a, would you say like a rockabilly thing going, Mike? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. I love it. Terrence has got a great look. Hmm. Good look. He, uh, like a lot of us, he hasn't been able to get his hair um, styled professionally for a while, but um, he, mm-hmm. I, I saw him the other day. He's still maintaining the uh, sideburns, keeping the flame. Uh, what's the, How do I finish that? <laughs> keeping the fire flaming, keeping the flame glowing. Yeah, burning. Keeping the flame um, flowing in the wind. What is the big COVID hairstyle in Winnipeg right now, Tim? Oh, yeah. Everyone in Winnipeg is getting the COVID do. Cool. Yeah. It's where you you shave. Uh, it's like a reverse mohawk. You know, you just shave down the middle. And then oh. uh, <laughs> you, ble- you bleach one side. And then the other side, that's the side you're allowed to personalize. So okay. some people put beads in it, or some people, you know, they will they'll uh, shave their name on the side. But oh, yeah, neat. <laughs> and then whichever side is bleached, that's how you tell people if you're, uh, you know, DTF or not. <laughs> I think it's fun. It lets people cool. express themselves using their hair during a stressful time. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I are there mm-hmm. any COVID dances like? Ha- is Chubby Checker still alive or Fats Domino? Like, it'd be nice if someone had, like, a do the COVID uh, and then had, like, a song where they instruct the listener how to do, like, do the do the silly COVID or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike, you're kind of almost coming up with a viral video right now. Do the COVID, you know, huh. and then and then it says keeping space from other people, uh, keeping six feet away. I mean, yeah. this could go yeah. absolutely bananas on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I, I could it. see the internet going crazy for that, you know? You, know, you cough into your sleeve, cough into your sleeve. Yes! Uh, don't touch <laughs> your face. It. Don't you touch your face. Yeah. yeah. Well, you take two <laughs> steps to the left and you don't touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see your grandparents for four months. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you, uh, you got married on the CBC radio show, The Debaters, correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. How did, how did that happen? Well, my wife and I are both comedians, Dana Smith, very funny, very funny comedian, stand up and sketch. And, um, we both are big fans of The Debaters and we, um, we have a history of, uh, me asking Dana uh, to marry me, and Dana saying no, and cool. uh, <laughs> <laughs> including a trip. To- how long was this? How long was this history? How wh- when did that start? <laughs> well, we we started dating in 2011, and okay. I think the first time I asked her to marry me was 2014, and uh, I had flown out to Paris, France, and oh. We- I she was on a little trip with some friends out there, and I surprised her at the end of her trip, and we spent uh, a few days together in Paris. 
And uh, I proposed to her in front of the Eiffel Tower. Wow. <laughs> the lights going off, my great grandmother's ring. And she said, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then, you know. Was she mad that you hadn't proposed, like, in front of. Uh, in front of uh, the Forks or something, uh, <laughs> or the Burton Cummings Steakhouse instead. Yeah, she was pissed and didn't do it in a Salisbury house <laughs> next to her favorite poutine. <laughs> so she turned you down in Paris, which is the the like, you know, the quintessential romantic yeah. city in a beautiful setting with the Eiffel Tower. For God's sake, we we're right next um, to the Seine River. And you weren't. You weren't deterred. No. And then what happened? No, because her, her reasons, her reasons were all valid, you know, and because uh, she she had told me before that that she didn't want to get married. You know, we knew okay. that we would. I guess that's <laughs> that's a lot of it. It's on me, you know. <laughs> so wait, can I ask how much did that trip cost you? Where you flew to Paris with your great grandmother's ring, yeah. you probably had to pay for a hotel, and then you were turned down. Did that cost you four thousand dollars? Well, no, actually, my mom retired from Air Canada, so I get oh, some nice. cheap standby flights. So it only costs you like two hundred and fifty dollars, and oh, and bargain. If I'm being completely honest, I knew the only, the only way I can for sure get the time off work. To go spend some time in uh, Paris as if I told my boss I was going to propose. <laughs> oh my God. I'll give you the time off, but she better not say no. <laughs> yeah, this better not just be a vacation with your girlfriend. This better be a proposal if you want time off. Wow. Uh, I knew I was going to be quitting the job in the next year anyway, but. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, like, she, she didn't, uh, she's never somebody that grew up I- idolizing her own wedding or imagining what it might be. She's very non-traditional like that. Um, we knew we were going to be together forever for sure, but she didn't like the idea that if as soon as you become proposed, if you don't have, or engaged, if as soon as you become engaged, if you don't have like a plan on exactly when the wedding is going to be, there's a lot of societal pressure being put on the woman, uh, in that situation to uh from family and other people and so uh she didn't want to deal with that and uh that's 100 100 fair and and uh right yeah and it, and it was still pretty early but uh so cu- cu- fast forward so wait, how long had you been dating before when you had flown to paris uh unsuccessfully how long three years had you been together three years okay yeah that's reasonable yeah so can I ask when you were in Paris? Yeah, did you um, experience some sort of time warp where suddenly you were walking the streets of Paris with Ernest Hemingway or F. Scott Fitzgerald, <laughs> sort of like in a Woody Allen movie? Um, what was that? Midnight in Paris. Yes. Did you have a Midnight in Paris sort of uh, experience? Yes. Um, yeah, it was wild. Uh, turns out I just um, I hit my head really hard, but. Um, <laughs> I was in the hospital for a while, but I... I'll give you the time off, Gray, <laughs> but you better hit your head and hang out with Hemingway and uh, Gertrude Stein, or else... Yeah. <laughs> Hemingway was a depressing hang. <laughs> like, some some good stories, but mostly he was just sad. 
The writing was on the wall. Guess how I'm going to die, Tim. Go on and guess. I know. I know how you're going to die. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> oh, sorry to interrupt do. you, Tim. But yeah, no. It's so okay. when you came back mm-hmm. from your ill-fated <laughs> yeah, yeah. proposal trip, but a cheap trip. Yes. So what happened then? How did you get to the debaters? So, um, yeah, cut to, uh, you know, I still, I still brought it up a couple times and I've, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's like, I have a plan for the wedding then let's not let's skip the engagement, yada, yada, yada. I just like, I like weddings. I think they're fun parties, you know, good hangs, good way to celebrate, uh, friends and family. And so Dana and I were at the same time talking about how we could possibly do, possibly get on the debaters. Because the debaters, it started out in Winnipeg, you know, 10, 12 years ago at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, and they were a regular fixture, and we would always make oh, it a point. Oh, that's where it started. I didn't know. Yeah, it started out here. Uh, Richard Side uh, launched it here, did the test here, and then, uh, yeah, it's grown, and it's this huge institution now. So we, we wanted to get on the debaters, but we knew, we knew we had to do it. We knew we had to come up with some sort of way that was completely unique and and, you know, something uh a, a nice pitch a nice sell and actually it was dana's idea dana was like well this schlub wants to get married why don't we just fucking uh do it on the radio sell it to the government and uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't want my tax dollars paying for two people that got married on the radio <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we pitched it, we pitched it, we pitched it. They liked it. They went, they signed on board for it. So then, uh, yeah, it was set in motion. I was going to debate for, and Dana was going to debate against. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so worried. True to the reality. Yeah, I, I dressed up in a tuxedo. Dana dressed up in, like, uh, overalls. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the debate before ours was uh, Erica Sigurdsson debating... Um, uh what's that toronto comic uh courtney gilmore yes yeah so it's erica sigurdsson debating courtney gilmore and the debate was whether or not courtney gilmore multiple amputee amazing comedian should have a gofundme for a prosthetic leg and the winnipeg audience (laughs) voted against that Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then we were Go. next. <laughs> so I was like, I hope they choose love. And how did, did they, they choose? And they did. Yeah, I I think I won them over with. In some... a way, I guess that audience were a bunch of softies. In a way. <laughs> in a way. In one way. <laughs> But wow. yeah, I, I like, I was so nervous and I was, I was at some points I was almost crying, but I couldn't stop laughing. Steve Patterson, he's so funny. And he was just on with the riffs and with, you know, the whole moment. And I just like laugh crying at some parts throughout the episode. Yeah. And then and- uh, the audience decided they voted uh, in my favor and then I uh, got down on one knee again and gave her a ring. And uh, hmm. after the debate was over, uh, Lara Ray, the artistic director for the comedy festival at the time, officiated our wedding, and we did it on the stage in front of uh, fourteen hundred strangers at a casino Whoa. in Winnipeg. Yeah. Did you consummate the marriage on the stage as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
hard. <laughs> wow. That's in- yeah. interesting because I heard that if you get married within the context of a CBC program, <laughs> that the host of that program has rights of uh, prima nocta. Um, <laughs> With the bride. Did that happen or am I mistaken? Well, we don't like to do gender norms, so... Uh, right. So I, I treated Steve to a nice... Okay. <laughs> a nice rusty trombone. <laughs> which actually made it onto know- the episode. Oh, wow. I just brought that up because I know that when um, some... Crew people on CBC's The National, which is Canada's number one, uh, you know, most respected news program. Shout Some out! Crew members in The National got married, and Ian Hennemansing uh, was adamant that he got to sleep with the bride before the groom did. So that's why I brought that up. Yeah. I read that. I think I read that in Globe and Mail. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was for a few months. That a letter was the to the story. editor. <laughs> a letter to the editor from the father of the bride. <laughs> well that's uh, a that's a unusual but very fun um wedding story and yeah it, it you must have felt when she said yes that like your trip to paris was justified then like you didn't feel like um yeah and it was still vain. it was still it was still just a great time out in paris you know we put one of those locks on the bridge but we didn't. Write oh, right, the love I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a too much of a bummer when she said no. You weren't sort of like, oh, well, I guess do you want to get dinner. Like you were, you were still okay. Yeah, still okay. I think we spent yeah. most of the night just walking the streets of Paris and talking about our futures oh. and about l'amour. Ooh. So it wasn't like I can't even enjoy looking at Jim Morrison's defaced grave <laughs> because you said no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. We went. To, I think the next night we went to a um, uh, what is it? The what is that famous burlesque uh, place? Oh, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, the next night we went to a Moulin Rouge show, and that was nice. That was was nice. John Leguizamo there as to lose <laughs> Lautrec? <laughs> he was, but <laughs> he was just standing in the lobby with his resume. <laughs> Come on, I I can work here. <laughs> Come on, I was in uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Let me work here. Let me do it. And the pest. Uh, I'm the pest. Yeah. Je m'appelle pest. Does that mean anything to you people? Pardon me, sir. Are you the pest? Uh, I am a big fan of your cinema. <laughs> <laughs> that and House of Buggin. House of Buggin. <laughs> House. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> so you grew up in small town Manitoba. What mm-hmm. was the town, if you don't mind me asking? The town was Stonewall, Manitoba. And and was oh, that really the... small? Very small, uh, but not far from Winnipeg. And it was a it, it it acted more as a suburb, like an extended suburb of Winnipeg, oh, okay. because the industry was the quarry. Uh, but that uh, stopped being wall. an industry. Yeah, limestone, big limestone town, big limestone quarry. Sick. But that uh, stopped being a thing in like the fifties or something like that. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a quaint. Once little Elvis town. hit, cool, saying you're from Stonewall. Yeah, once yeah. Elvis hit, they like I'm not digging these stones anymore. <laughs> I want to be a rock and roller. <laughs> I want to get into rock and roll. 
Not rocks that What's going rush. on with these mines? <laughs> What's going on with these profit reports? These profit reports of these mines. We're not making any money. No, we can't get anyone to mine anymore. They're all shaking their hips and dancing. <laughs> I want the one for the... What's that sound we hear down in the stone quarry? <laughs> one for the money, two for the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's actually probably not what happened. We're just joking about the, uh, the death of industry in your hometown. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was thinking, Mike. Do you think this is a good topic? I was going to ask Tim about his sub pop shirt. I'm oh. prepared to go there. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Tim. But thanks for checking in. Well, Tim, let's talk about your sub pop T-shirt. <laughs> this this could potentially lead into a long story if you want to hear it. Oh, yes. It, Are you it, a grunger, first of all? Um, I, I dabble in grunge. I dip, my toe, okay. I dip my toe in black ink from time to time. I throw on the plaid shirt. You know, I, I mm-hmm. yell at my parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Just call my parents up. Fuck you! Hang up. Uh, oh, it's Tim. You know, He's on his... He's back into grunge again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have to get a medical. Um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> this this shirt is from Seattle. Uh, my uh, so the sketch group hunks. We've done uh, a number of sketch comedy festivals, and one of which was uh, the Seattle Sketch Comedy Festival. Uh, I think three years ago or so. Now I was not able to go. Uh, at that time, I was not able to cross the border into the United States of America. Oh, which is the story if you want to hear it. And then, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so my sketch was it group because and- you got married on the radio? Is that why you weren't allowed to cross <laughs> the border? No, it'd be, uh, so, um, back in my Stonewall days. Uh, in high school and uh, a little bit after high school, I sold weed because uh, okay, uh-huh. I was a bit of a bad boy. I, wow! I think I heard rock and roll music early, and I just <laughs> <laughs> never got back. God, into it. Yes, yeah, crazy train. Yeah, your grandfather on. played you an I Elvis did. record, and you were like, "I gotta <laughs> sell weed." <laughs> 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 if I'm gonna buy some blue suede shoes, <laughs> how does that work when you sell weed? Does some guy, does some guy approach you and be like, "Hey, uh, I got weed. You want to sell it? Like, how does it, how does it happen?" Yeah, I was uh, I was walking in a dangerous area, of Winnipeg, and this guy was playing, throwing some dice against the wall. And <laughs> he was actually he wearing <laughs> he's wearing three leather jackets. That's how I knew oh, he was wow. serious. Yeah, one of them That's was one of the wet leather jackets he was wearing, like pants. <laughs> he had a small leather jacket. He's wearing like a hat, and then a regular wow. jacket. But uh, no, I, I forget exactly where I got my supply from originally. But uh, I knew I could, uh, somebody that was growing some weed, and okay, and uh, everyone was smoking weed, and uh, I. Decided to start selling it, and I uh, mm. had I ran a very good little business. I was in the Better mm. Business Bureau mm. um, <laughs> like two years in a row. 
Um, and then when I was 18, uh, when I was 18, it was actually, uh, uh, my brother who ended up being the one that called the cops on me. And oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. He wasn't happy with how I was selling weed. And so Boy. cops came and they busted me with a couple ounces of, uh, marijuana, which is illegal mm-hmm. now, but at the time was not. I don't know if you remember that time back oh, in the yeah. day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so got arrested. Uh, I only had to do 25 hours of community service and I think I maybe did like 14 or 20. Um, mm-hmm. the custom, like the, wow. the community service was like raking leaves for this nice old lady who I became really good friends with. Uh, <laughs> and then like working at the Legion, setting up chairs and cleaning up after events wow. and stuff like that. This is like, it That's reminds fun. me of El Chapo's sentence. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a similar. <laughs> What's up with your brother uh, that he busted you? He kind of narked you, big time, big time, narked me out. Hmm. Um, yeah, was he mad uh, at you for like yeah. Super Nintendo reasons or something? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was Super Nintendo Xbox. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> he an broke old his Xbox controller, beef. so he called the police. On you. <laughs> you kept beating him <laughs> yeah. at Kirby. <laughs> yeah and yeah it's over time it built up and i guess uh that last Kirby. the rage <laughs> yes so he tried to arrest you <laughs> so he tried to oh, get me arrested yeah it was brutal but um it's not on my it's not on my criminal record at all so good luck finding Man. it out there listeners yeah. but um but, um, yeah, it was, uh, I crossed the border uh, once with my grandma. They asked me if I've ever been fingerprinted. I told them, yes, I, you know, this time I got arrested for marijuana. And then they let me go. And then the next time I went, same thing, but I wasn't with my grandma. So the thing is, if you're going to cross the border and you have things that might prevent you from crossing <laughs> the border, bring my grandma. <laughs> right. Bring an older but, uh, lady. Yeah. Yeah, and they put me in like this little room and like this big hulking guy was like typing my answers one finger at a time and like an old keyboard and this like old computer that was still like black and green type, you know, like. Oh, and, yeah, uh, like a DOS. Yeah. And then they <laughs> printed out my report and said I couldn't uh, travel to the United States anymore. And so now oh what God. I have to do. Yeah, I I have to. I have to file uh, for a, uh, what is it, uh, like a travel waiver to get into the States. Does this still last to this day? Yeah, it's like the rest of my life now. It sucks. It's so much work. Well, I have to get like members be, that's of the- insane. Yeah. You must be kind of happy then that America is sort of uh, at the end stage of its uh, existence. <laughs> that, yeah. that America... <laughs> Americans aren't allowed to travel anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, and yeah, Americans truly, kind of done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't so, believe it's that. really so, working out. It's really working out for me. <laughs> and the arrest, like your arrest, didn't. It wasn't about you, like being this big drug dealer or anything. Like they just found no. a couple of ounces of weed on you, and now you yeah. can't go to the. I can't believe this. This is yeah. crazy. This grandma I, it, guy, not, he uh, he's not allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I have to pay like, I don't know, 700 bucks Canadian and I have to get letters from upstanding members of the community and then I get wow. the travel waiver and it lasts five years and then I have to do it and all over is, again every five that years. That is even going to a country 
that has several states where marijuana is legal or like decriminalized. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's wild. At the time, Holy at shit. the time, there were states that had it uh, decriminalized, like uh, Colorado or whatever was already. And you weren't lit. bringing it across the border, right? Some. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with like you bringing weed into the border. It's just that you got arrested when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. That is insane. Yeah, God. yeah. And France so, didn't thanks, care. Though. Thanks, Obama. France let you fly. <laughs> no, yeah. Europe. Europe loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Europe's like Jeez, nice, cool story. <laughs> right. Shit. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, so I didn't get to go to. They went to Seattle. They went to Chicago. They went to uh, San Francisco Sketchfest first time round, and mm. I wasn't able to go because yeah, didn't get the paperwork in on time or back on time. Damn, that's a real bummer. Yeah. So how did you get but, that shirt? So the rest of Hunks went, and they went sans Tim, and my wife uh, is in the sketch group with me. And so she got me this shirt that says Sub Pop. She got me some Sub Pop right. stickers. Uh, like, they, I guess the festival was sponsored by, and they gave out a bunch of stuff. And uh, I got some really nice enamel pins, like one that says, I love uh, VLTs. One, <laughs> one that's like a little banjo. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Damn. Well, I wasn't expecting that shirt. story to go that way. I'm so glad <laughs> I asked about your Sub Pop t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine them being like, wow. we can't let these, there, there's t- too much of a terrible, violent history of Canadian uh, sketch performers coming to America <laughs> and causing trouble and crime. Oh my God, we can't let them. Yeah. yeah. Wayne and Schuster went to Buffalo once and murdered uh, The Frantics introduced heroin to the East Coast of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely God. like oh no they're these canadian sketch groups they're taking the drink tickets away from <laughs> american sketch groups that could be doing these festivals ron james yeah. once killed five men in atlantic city <laughs> <laughs> with his knees <laughs> stop them well that's i'm sorry to hear that but again you know you must be laughing and enjoying every moment of America's decline. <laughs> you guys got to start doing sketch festivals in like Mexico. I guess. Oh, yeah. Or Guatemala. I don't know. Just yeah. keep going down. Colombia. <laughs> Set up a yeah. sketch comedy ring in Central America. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, Tim, is sure. there... Well, Mm. Anything you want to plug? We've had a great, uh, we've got a great chat. I'm sorry about my tech problems, but is there anything you want to plug that we can uh, link to in the show notes? Um, I just want to plug the Hunks podcast. It comes out every Sunday. Um, get, we have some uh, great guests, some great past episodes. We'd love to have you guys on uh, future episodes Ooh. if you're into it. Sure. sure. And besides that, I have a stand-up comedy album myself called "You Got a Laugh." Available on a bunch of uh, whatever you know you get your comedy albums from. And okay. uh, yeah, that's about it. Excellent. I'll put those uh, links in the episode description, and our listeners are strongly encouraged to download them. And if they don't, they will be hearing from us. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, well, Tim, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. That was so fun, and uh, good luck. Um, you know, not leaving the country. 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> I didn't uh, really, <laughs> I didn't really expect to get these stories out of any punch in the face, getting married, yeah, getting arrested. You a lot of ground. You have a wild <laughs> life. You covered my whole life story. <laughs> Rejection of a proposal. Big Al, yeah, farmer. Big Al. Big Al was really the star of the episode. James, we need to get Al on I would love if there an was episode. Like, we do. <laughs> or if anyone's interested in doing fan art, I'd love to see sort of an anime vision of, of Big yeah. Al. I'd so love to see him, yeah. If you want, another thing like Big Al would do is he, sometimes they would, if they slaughtered a cow or whatnot on the farm, as they had to do from time to time, um, I lived across the street from the high school, and sometimes we'd go to my place for lunch. Uh, and one time he brought steaks for us for lunch and the steaks were literally like 13 inches wide like i didn't have plates big enough for the steaks that he brought and insisted on eating for lunch in high school for lunch in high school he would just eat a huge steak like he'd bring a cooked steak to high school no no a raw steak wrapped in like butcher paper and then he would ask to ask to use my barbecue and he would barbecue it, but still eat it pretty raw. Salt and pepper. That's it. That's like the steak at the beginning of that the Flintstones so intro, where it like uh, knocks over the car. <laughs> what the hell? He must have. Yeah. Or in uh, the Great Outdoors, yeah. the old '76 or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd love to see what Al's colon looks like these days if he's been eating a steak like that every day. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Big Al. <laughs> oh boy. Is Big Al married now? I I don't know. Or have We've, you not kept in touch? Yeah, we fell out of favor. Ah, too bad. Well, I'll link to Big Al's website, bigal.org, and uh, <laughs> and uh, listeners are encouraged to click on that. But uh, yeah, this has been very fun. And uh, thanks for joining us, Tim. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Tim. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. When you're all alone and the clock keeps ticking and you can't sleep, I'll be with you. On a Dark Cold Night is a bedtime ghost story podcast. Each week, writer and performer Kristen Zaza, that's me, creates a new fictional story for you that is frightening yet soothing to help you calm down and get to sleep. As an anthology with a cryptic, overarching throughline, each episode you spend time with your mysterious narrator, also me, and get to know her a little bit more, for better or for worse. Brought to you by the Sonar Network, On a Dark Cold Night can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit kristenzaza.com or thesonarnetwork.com for more information. Good night, my friends.